millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, here we are once again. Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily bringing a close to yet another week of fine, fine stuff by myself, Louis Dangor, Jeff Chase, SB3. But you know how we do it on this show. Louis Dangor, he starts and he ends the week. Flanking me, my right-hand man, the prodigy himself. Louis, how are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I've had like quite a relaxing day, actually. For once, I yeah? watched a film. I watched a film. Oh, hang on, hang on. Don't, don't, don't blow by these things. What film? So... A good, a good film, a bit kiddie, but good film. Kung Fu Panda Three. Okay, sure. It was on TV. I was like, you know what, nothing to watch. You know, one of those things where you can't be bothered to get the remote and change the channel. Yeah, it was one of them. So I watched that. But yeah, happy to had a nice dinner. So happy to be doing wrestling daily now. What a Friday! What a Friday! What a Friday like indeed. Yeah, very happy. Uh, my Friday, by contrast, I dropped interviews with uh, the Undertaker. This morning, the the I say interview, the, the question or two I got to ask him. Um, and, of course, my full interview with Paul Heyman as well, which dropped in two parts. So it's been a busy day for me at uh, TalkSport Towers, which is vicariously my bedroom because uh, that is my office these days. So, yeah, it's been a oh, lovely... Are you, are you, so you're not like kitchen table downstairs? You're not like... You, so you work in your room? Yeah, I need to escape the, the maniacs that are my children. <laughs> I, I'd never because they're, they're not school age, are they? Well, my eldest is, so she's at school till three. Um, but the the littlest one, um, no, she's a maniac. I can hear her right now. So, yeah, um, I, I'm kind of like confined to my bedroom. So all the interviews you see me do on Zoom and stuff like that, it's just like a terrible, terrible setup. But needs must, Lou. Needs must. Needs and must. wrestling daily as well. We've got a ton of news to bring you today as that is what we promise when Louis Dangor is on the show. Um, remember, if you've missed anything from this week, if you've missed Steph Chase's hot takes, uh, the draw herself, if you have missed SP3, the master debater, um, you can catch up with all of that on podcast. You can get it in any kind of way. Apple, Spotify, Acast, it'll come right to your phone. You can get us right there. So do catch up if you can. Uh, and for those who have been living under a rock, it's no more Super Chats. No more. They are extinct. They are gone like the dinosaurs, where they are now replaced by Ultra Chats. And you can see 
well, those watching on YouTube can certainly see, on the bar beneath the uh, the frame going around. Send in your messages and questions at wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. They will be the ultra chats. The mods will tell us what you have been saying, and then we will read them out for whatever amount. So please do get them in again. You guys have been amazing with that this week. I know it's been a weird change and Super Chats were much easier, but your Ultra Chats have been amazing and they've kept the show going. And that's the heartbeat of the show for me, the great debates and the great hot takes. So please keep them coming. Um, But without further ado, Louis, let's get into our first bit of news. And I think we should go with the titular news of Big E and the news that Fightful dropped this week. Yeah, well, actually, just before we went live, there was a bit more news that's dropped. So we'll fill you in. We'll, we'll take you on a bit of a, a timeline of what's happened. So, a journey, exactly. So, uh, yesterday, Fightful reported that the plan, as of quite a few weeks ago, was to put Big E in the Survivor Series team for SmackDown on the men's side of things, obviously. There was actually plans to have the match last week. No word on who it would have been against. Um, but that was dropped due to time constraints and things like that. So it was moved to this week. However, they have just announced earlier today that that might not actually be 100% sort of confirmed that Big E is the plan. There was apparently talk of Otis potentially being in that spot, even though he lost to um, to who you, Seth Rollins. So they could, I guess, do one of those last chance things that they like to do and uh, have him inserted. But um, other than that, it does leave a very interesting sort of, not dilemma, but an interesting predicament for WWE. And I think that potentially Biggie not being part of it might not be the worst thing. Because I don't think SmackDown men are winning. So potentially, and I know this might be looking at it through rose-tinted glasses, but... Could they maybe be leaving him out if they don't plan on having them win so he doesn't take a pin or doesn't get beat? Maybe. But I do think he would be a great addition if added. I think him and Keith Lee could have some great stuff together. I mean, the the charisma in that ring would be awesome. Uh, him and Sheamus could relive their feud, which I actually quite enjoyed. Him and Big E, him and um, AJ could do some great stuff. So I, I do think I would rather him than Otis. But if... Raw is winning, then maybe it's not the worst thing he's not involved. Uh, yeah, it all depends how they go about it, right? Because you can set something up for Biggie within the team of SmackDown that will take him to his next feud or next, you know, momentum pusher heading into the Royal Rumble, which many of us expect to be a big season for him. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I think it'd be weird if they went back on those plans um, with Biggie at, at this point if he was penciled in like that, but. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out for him. We do know. Yeah, these are the things we know about Biggie's push right now. Daniel Bryan was the man who basically lobbied for it in the first place, the Solo's push. Um, Biggie has told me that there is a plan. WWE have actually laid out to him the plan in its entirety. And although he did say, I'll believe it when I see it, because he knows how things change in WWE, there is a plan. So as far as the Biggie push goes, it seems like it's still on, but... These kind of stutters are never good news in WWE because things can change direction so quickly. So let's just hope that, um, yeah, things get back moving on the right page for Big E. Now, one thing I must address before we move on is it's Steph Chase's birthday today. Our very own Steph Chase. Um, and I do believe Elizabeth Stallion, Lizzie Stallion, the hottest rapper in the game, uh, the best valet in the business. Stephanie Chase's Twitter handle is at Stephanie 
uh, M Chase. If you want to wish her a happy birthday there, please, everyone, feel free to go and do that. I'm sure Steph would really appreciate it. Show her some love. Let people smell the roses while they can, I say. Um, uh, uh, there was a dirty rumour that I've seen in the chat. It's not Pete's birthday as well, is it? <laughs> so this is the problem by the fact that you're a relatively new member to Brussel Talk. So. Yeah. There is so there is a bit of a running joke that every day is Pete's birthday, a bit like every day is Rusev Day. Oh, I like yeah. it. Okay. So every day, so every couple of like every stream Pete's on, someone will inevitably send in a message like Happy Birthday, Pete. And he's like, Not my birthday. So um, yeah, that's where that's from. I mean, it isn't Pete's we actually don't know when's Pete's birthday be. actually is. <laughs> it, it could, could be. be. No one knows. Honestly, no one knows. And we could be awful friends. Because we've just never wished him happy birthday. Because we just automatically assume that whenever someone wishes him happy birthday, it's part of a gimmick. So, no, it isn't. I, I don't think it's Pete's birthday. Thing. He didn't Wrestle say talk, anything. Wrestle Talk inside jokes, gimmicks and storylines are banned on Wrestling Daily. <laughs> See, no, no, no blazer today. Look, no yeah, blazer. Yeah, forbidden. It's, we've just got straight up Louis Dangle today. No... Uh... No side, <laughs> no entree. Uh, so let's go into our other bit of news. And I think we have to touch on it because there's a lot of developing stuff today as well. The Zelina Vega story keeps running on, right? There's a lot of people that are you know, speculating on what has or hasn't happened with her. I will give my two cents in a minute. Um, but the first thing and the first, I guess, Part of the story we will touch on is something Dave Meltzer said about the way it all went down last Friday. So, Lou, bring us up to speed, man. Yep. So, um, obviously, things have been reported about Zelina Vega and this ongoing situation. Some true, some probably partially true, some definitely probably not. So, I think when Zelina Vega's ready, she'll probably come and do 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 a podcast, probably. Chris Van Vliet or, I don't know. If there's anyone better to do that kind of interview with other than maybe yourself. I was about to say other than yourself. <laughs> um so uh yeah, I think that once she's ready, but what's being reported right now by Dave Meltzer is that uh she was informed on Friday, love last week, by Mark Carano that she would be let go. She reportedly asked to meet with Vince McMahon, and that request was denied, and she was then escorted from the building. I mean, the term escorted from the building might make it sound like sort of probably a lot worse than it is that she was kicking up a fuss and had to be removed. I mean, I don't know because I I haven't heard anything from anyone, but I probably don't think she was escorted from the building. She was probably just potentially asked to leave, seen as at the end of the day, she didn't really work there anymore. But I mean, it does raise a lot of questions because a lot is unfortunately being thrown out about Selena Vega. And I think... People find it very easy to throw things about. But at the end of the day, this is someone who has lost their job. So I think people should be a bit more centered about it. I mean, Zelina Vega will, I mean, I messaged her when she was released. She is very open, I guess, to talking to people. So if if someone is, if, if I was going to run a report and I'd heard something, I would check with Zelina Vega and be like, hey, listen, I've heard this. Firstly, would you mind it going out? Secondly, is it true? So I think just... Be a bit cautious when you hear things and when you tweet things about people, uh, especially, I mean, there was a there was a headline today, which we might talk about, which was just awful uh, regarding Zelina Vega. So, um, yeah, that that's what's out there at the moment. And I guess it's just going to be waiting and seeing what comes out when she is ready to talk. We will BS on to Dave's report in a minute. Um, so the thing that else has transpired today, and further to Louis's point, 
I've inboxed Zelina before and, and had an open dialogue with her if there is a story or something that concerns her. Same thing if I post something on Twitter that does concern her, um, not that she's ever negatively come at me or anything, like most of the time, she's thankful that you're transparent and clear. Yeah. So um, I've only ever had good interactions with Zelina, but to Louis's point, she's very open. So it's not hard to get the real story is my point. Um, certainly, at least from the horse's mouth. Today, the New York Post said that quite irresponsibly, very like very concisely and like factually that she was fired by WWE because of risque photos from her OnlyFans account. And now it's just not true. I mean, f- first of all, the definition of risque, she, they're more they're mostly her cosplay pictures. So I think I think it is a it's probably them not knowing the photos, hearing she was fired. So realistically, she was fired because she opened an OnlyFans account and refused to take down her Twitch. Well, no. So if you are if you even, are from the outside, is, you know, I, I, no, but even if, if you're from the outside and you hear that, you hear like from someone from the New York Post who probably doesn't follow wrestling like the day to day, and you hear, oh, so and so was fired for opening an OnlyFans account. Your mind, and completely wrongly, would automatically assume, oh, it was for posting risque pictures. When we know that isn't the only thing OnlyFans is for, while it can be can also be for posting things like cosplay that Zelina Vega was for. I think even Enzo Amore was selling wrestling training videos on OnlyFans. I, w- I wouldn't recommend uh, going for that. But, I mean, I think it is, It comes. it's part of a wider issue, which is the perception of OnlyFans. And that's like, probably what... I feel like you, you, you're you letting them off a bit here, because that, that's irresponsible. Oh, it's, but, it's totally irresponsible. The, totally New irresponsible. York, the New York Post, of all people... Mm. Right. And I know that people in America are kind of like, eh, it's the post because they, they, you know, they I think they're probably the equivalent of what people view like the sun here in a way. It's like, oh, it's the sun, you know, rubbish again. The with the New York Post, I mean, I know Zelina from speaking to her, it's furious. She's a New York native. And yet they've literally just thrown her under the bus. I would be. I with would this be too. Away comment. And it's, it's hurtful and damaging that they would just put something out like that. I think it's totally out of order. Um, and they should they should post a retraction sooner rather than later because honestly it's uh, it's quite damaging to her character to to insinuate that. Hundred percent, yeah. It's it's very it, it's it's very damaging, and I know she has every right to be furious about it. Um, it was completely irresponsible. I don't want to seem like I was letting them off because I'm not. It was more where I probably think their mindset was going. I don't think it came from a place of malice, but that doesn't matter. It, it was obviously upset her and. It, very much well within her rights to be so i think just and i mean us two being here we will know just to think before you write something on twitter think before you write something in a headline just is this true is this gonna upset because that, that, that is very simple research mm-hmm. to do and just be like look we'll go onto any wrestling website probably wrestletalk.com the best wrestling website out there um why was she let go <laughs> And then it, it, you'll have the answers there. It's, it's very simple journalism. It's not even journalism, just simple research that has been grossly misused. And I think, yeah, it, obviously, as as our whole, we're obviously upset about it and angry about it. But, I mean, our thoughts go out to Zelina Vega, and we hope that she is okay. She, she described this week as, I think, literal hell. And, I mean, I can only imagine what she's been going through. So, but best of luck to her, and we hopefully, when she's ready to talk, we'll hear her side of the story. You know, as as a journalist, I just think that it has to be better practice than that. Um, and you, you know, I know you've said you don't think it's a place of malice. I'm tempted to say they know exactly what they're doing. That that would gain more clicks than anything else. Um, 
you, you know, it's a, it's a sexier story. I don't mean that in a pun or any kind of way. I'm yeah. just saying in general, they, they think that will get garner more clicks and, um, I just think I think it's disgraceful, honestly. But there you go. I'm not going to dwell on that too much. Hopefully, they do post a retraction and they do Selena some justice. Because at the end of the day, what they posted today, bottom line, isn't true. That's the that is the black and white of it. It isn't true. That's mm. not why WWE let her go. So, and, and we know that. But people who read the New York Post probably who aren't in that wrestling bubble might not know that. They might take that a value, face value, and be like, okay, she was released for those reasons. So I think that's even more imperative coming from a site like that and a, and, a, and a publication like that with the audience they've got from inside and outside wrestling to set the record straight. Both Louis and I have spoke to Zelina. We like so. Th this is not even us speculating. Like. It's wrong. Trust us. It is wrong. Um, so for the Dave Meltzer report of what happened last Friday, I don't actually know. No one. All I know or, or was told was that it was a standoff. They said, close the accounts, hand them over, whatever they said. Um, she said no. And that was that. So when it comes to what transpired after that, I honestly don't know. I would never pretend to know something that I don't. Um I mean, it's, it's plausible they asked her to leave, which is, you know, probably what happens if anyone gets fired. Yeah, I was going to say it happens I, with any employee. When, when you let go, you're told. I've certainly got asked to leave a couple of jobs. Um, but, you know, I, did she get denied a meeting with Vince and all of that stuff? Again, plausible. It's not uncommon for people to get denied meetings from Vince on, on well, a television day. I mean, on a television day, sure, but I don't think... It's not often that this exact scenario pops up, for sure. Of so, course. Of course. I, I, I'm I mean, gonna, on a television day. I'm going to commit to a yellow because I don't really yeah. know either yeah. way. And I think there's merits to it. But also, I don't think it's probably exactly what happened either. It's probably just an outline. So we're going to go with yellow on the BSometer. Agreed. Now, we do have a couple of Ultra Chats to get into. Um, so let's do the first two we've got on the books, Louis. And you remember, guys... Any amount, you get them in, and we will talk about it on this show. So, uh, NS Ogre says, just a bit of support to keep you guys on my screen. Keep up the good work. Ah, oh. a good egg. Good they, egg. That is the kind of behavior that gets you in the upper echelons of good eggs. Isn't that right, Lou? Uh, Wrestling Daily endorses this uh, this kind of super chat. It does. Uh, Flame Inc. Hey, man a regular of the show as well. Um, he stops by to say, should WWE scrapped the brand warfare gimmick from Survivor Series and bring back bragging rights? The way they can do Survivor Series, uh, sorry, this way they can do Survivor Series as it was meant to be. Thoughts and happy Friday. Happy Friday to you as well, my friend. Thank you for joining the Friday Night Insight. Um, yeah, I think me and Lou have been pretty vocal that we don't like the current dynamic for Survivor Series. I don't know. But I don't it. think the answer is bringing back bragging rights at all. I think you'll, the answer, if you're going to do something. Well, you'll get a turn, man. I'm mid sentence here. Sorry. Hold your horses. I, th I thought you were about to defend it. I couldn't have this. Well, okay. I can't have Survivor Series that, defense that, on that this would, show. That would be fair. Um, no, for, yeah, I was, again, the same thing. Bragging rights, I don't think that concept really, it's the same problem. Like, what's, what's up for grabs? Do you know what I mean? There's no real end goal um so for me i don't think that necessarily that's the answer but do i think that survivor series have to revamp and and you know I've, I've said this extensively on the show there is examples of where there are things on the line and it makes it interesting and there's narratives in play i just don't think especially so close after a draft that this makes sense Lou. 
Am I, um, can I go? I said Lou, so that's kind of the gateway for you to come in. <laughs> that's what the host um, knows. I give you the time. I see. I see. Thank you very much. Um, but no, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. I, I think that then the answer is bringing back bragging rights or just giving Survivor Series. If you want to do the brand warfare, more stakes. I think that's the option. That That's the best way to do things, not sort of artificially put them in. Like, I mean, to think uh, I was actually having this conversation with Pete today and we're like, like Survivor Series is a big four pay-per-view, but it doesn't feel like it. Traditionally, yeah. Like he like is like it's it's a big four pay per view, but it doesn't it doesn't have that like big four vibe. Where I mean, some of the most iconic moments in wrestling history have happened at Survivor Series. I mean, like you think Montreal Screw Job, you think Taker's debut, you think even uh, sort of more recently Goldberg beating Lesnar at, at, at Survivor Series. I put I put in that bracket. But um, I yeah, I, I think that it's lost its lost it like lost its flavor in a lot of years. And I think that something could be done, but I think the answer is giving it more stakes because then Survivor Series, you want to kind of keep that five on five gimmick. So you don't want that twice a year, even if the brands aren't attached, like you don't want two five on five specific pay-per-views. So I, I don't know. I, I don't want to see bragging rights back. I just, I don't, and I don't even mind Survivor Series having the brand warfare, as long as there's a reason why people are fighting for that brand, like the rumble spots, like we spoke about, like the title matches, like the WrestleMania main events, basically give them an incentive and then, uh, and then, yeah, then I've got no issue with it. Yeah, I, th I think even if you move the draft to like after WrestleMania, which always feels like a natural conclusion anyway, would help in terms of making Survivor Series feel more like the people on the teams actually cared. Um, you know, I, I would go as far as to say Money in the Bank is would replace Survivor Series in my top four right now. Yeah, I'd have, agreed. I'd have Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam, and uh, Money in the Bank would be my big four. I know some people have kind of extended it to the big five. But um, although Survivor Series is steeped in history, you know, not just The Undertaker debut, um, The Rock, uh, Kurt Angle, I believe as well. Like there's a there's a ton of guys that have come through there and it does mean a lot to the business, but they need to find a better way to utilise it. And I say all that to say this, though, I did enjoy last year with NXT kind of thrown into the mix because it was a fresh dynamic of them wanting to prove that they were on level par with Raw and SmackDown, which, you know, is, is an interesting insert. But again, as soon as you take that out, we're back to the kind of staleness of the years prior. And they haven't been able to have the exciting TV this year that you sometimes have as well because yeah. of the COVID restrictions. So, you know, maybe, maybe I'm being harsh on them this year with all of the things that are kind of shackling them. But I do think um, the brand warfare concept just coming into play for Survivor Series is just, I just think it's a bit weird. No, I do agree. I do agree. It's its a bit, yeah, it, it, it doesn't work for me. And it's like brand warfare and like a month after a draft is like a bit of an oxymoron in itself. You're like, hey, how can you love this brand and care about this brand, have this brand loyalty when you were drafted here a month ago? Like the majority of the Raw team was on either SmackDown or NXT, like all of the, like, only Keith Lee was on Raw last month from the Raw team. So it's like, why do these people care? And I mean, but like, we, we flogged this horse for so long. That's kind of why I'm looking forward to getting Survivor Series done with. So we don't have to talk about why it needs stakes every single week.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't know if you've seen this going off in the comments, Lou, but from BSometer now to the Eggometer. I have heard this. And I've already are... sent. I've sent. I've sent off a, a message to Editor Rich. Um, I, I want. I want like. Um, I want like. I'm visualizing it. I want like an egg cracked open and like variations of how runny the yolk is. Is it, how good of a sure. good egg you are. Sure. I. I, th- I think Bo Hills kind of hit it on the head here. Go with eggs dishes, in my opinion. Hard boiled egg, egg McMuffin, omelet eggs. Eggs Benedict. That's to be fair. He's pr- he's pretty much got the lineage. Mm. <laughs> he's pretty much the, the prestige of eggs. He's he's yeah. got much the verbiage right is down. The verbiage is down. So we'll have to we'll we'll have to you and I will think over the weekend, and we'll uh we'll, we'll get together a rankings list of eggs and yeah. how, where people rank on the good eggs list, and then yeah, we'll see. Uh, just to jump on a couple of comments here, somebody says, uh, Mister Tominate. 443 says, idea for Survivor Series, Soul Survivor gets a title shot. I mean, but then you have to assume that every match is booked with just one Survivor. Or oh, not. I know you could expand that to then, okay, well, then it becomes a two, you know, a three or four way. Um, but then, I don't know, like the way those matches go, it might be hard to book because then the yeah. people are like trying to screw each other over so they get the shot and stuff like that. And I think, that I mean, it might be good for they- like one year. But I think if you do it again and again, it would get tough. But they do that anyway. Like, they they do that. Like, the whole tension thing, trying to screw each other over. They, they do that anyway. So at least this would give it a reason for it. Like, it, when, when Team Raw is infighting now, at least we'll have a reason for them infighting. Because it'll be like, all right, they want to get that title shot. 
currently now it's like you just can't get along. You're just a bunch of kids who can't get along. So, Lou Rocket Strapper says you've got egg on your face, mate. That's what he says. Uh, Should sh- we get on with some more news? Because we're quite <laughs> covered. You shut it down so quick. I like it. I like it. Lou. That, that was a quick on the draw. Let me tell you something. Um, we're going to go on to NXT here because there's been a lot of kind of speculation. That's what I'm going to call it rather than news about Rhea Ripley's next move, Lou. Yeah. So um, she had that fantastic match with. Uh, Io Shirai this week on on uh, NXT for me the best match of the week and to be honest probably the second was Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb so a great week for women's wrestling in particular fantastic stuff um, so some people speculate that was a bit of a send off particularly with the post match people thinking maybe uh, Rhea Ripley's getting called up there's been talk I mean probably a lot more speculation from people that uh, she could win the Rumble. But I know I've been advocating for that, but I think that's more speculation than rapport. So people like maybe she'll be part of the SmackDown team, sort of replacing Chelsea Green in a sense, who obviously isn't uh, isn't going to be there. Um, but, uh, and, and actually this was sort of, I guess, ignited by Dave Meltzer, who said that... Um, who said that uh, there's been talk of bringing Ripley up. Not that she was getting called up, but there's been talk. But I presume there's been talk. That's a really non-committal news yeah. line, isn't it? A hundred percent. There's been talk. I'm sure there's been talk of bringing uh, Undisputed Era up at some point, mm. but they're not. Um, but uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful is reporting that um, there's currently no plans to put Rhea Ripley on the SmackDown team this week. That's not happening. Uh, okay, we're gonna. Be, I'm gonna reveal who the other two are internally listed as in three seconds. So if people want to click off, click off in three, two, one. It's going to be Bailey and Natalia on the team. Shock, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Bailey. This is speculation on my part. I don't think Bailey was going to be on there. I meant more for Natalia. I think that the whole storyline was. To be fair, she's probably a very good hand to have in there. I I, I don't have an issue with Natalia. I think the gimmick's quite funny. Um, Yeah, I I, I think it's quite funny. Her like being like Adam Pierce being like, so she going, I should be on the team. Adam Pierce going, yeah, I'll put you on the team. She was like, don't patronize me. I don't want handouts. Like, it's quite funny. Mm. Um, So yeah, there's no plans to put uh, Rhea Ripley on that team. Uh, She could obviously be called up, but just not part of that. But I don't see it happening anytime soon uh, potentially the rumble i would leave her off there's only six weeks i don't think that no more than six weeks about two months now so maybe slightly too long maybe her send-off can be takeover next month who knows but yeah let's uh see how things go for her but i would be i would be shocked if she's on smackdown tonight yeah i mean i think it's very similar to the way Shayna Baszler lost to Rhea Ripley last year and then she became to the main roster. Of course, that was in December. Um, so I, I expect Rhea Ripley to have a similar send-off um, before she makes her appearance. You know, there doesn't seem to be much left for her, but she could well be a part of the female war games. We don't know you know, if there even is going to be one, but there was last year. So There just- is, no. It's been the challenge has been made. Which is what I mean, but there's not a full team, is what I'm trying no, to say. No, but but I mean they're probably not gonna very like make a challenge if there isn't a plan for it. So I'd be shocked if it didn't happen. But I mean no, NXT is so stacked that you could probably have a very good match without having Rhea part of it. Not to take anything away from her, but the division is so stacked that it isn't like, oh god, we need to keep her down. 
until after that match, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just think that that's probably the natural point, though, is to like let her carry on a little bit. Maybe a line with EO after what we saw. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different directions you can go in. I think. For Rhea, like the, the Royal Rumble would be an amazing storyline for her. And it would be so fitting because so many fans felt like she was shortchanged in the Charlotte feud. That's a very easy way to align with Charlotte's return and then them two kind of meet parallel at WrestleMania again and rewrite that story, write that wrong, all of the good stuff. Um, I do think Rhea is main roster bound. She's one of the fa- my favourite people I've ever interviewed. She is such a lovely human being. She really, really is. Um, and... She's got all of the intangibles, you know, like in the flesh, like she's, she's big, like her shoulders are big, like her frame. Um, you know, she, I don't know when you interviewed her, but she's only getting bigger. Yeah. Uh, the, the last time was at the Royal Rumble in, uh, in January. So yeah, she, I mean, she's a workout freak as well. So it's one of them. I feel like WWE love her and they obviously have plans for her based on last year, but they haven't treated her the greatest this year, in my opinion. So let's hope that they have a lot of things in store for her, because I do think she not only should be on the main roster, but a big deal on the main roster. And there's a lot of women I know who would want Mm. to work with her. Yeah, I mean, uh, that I I go back to around Survivor Series time, that spot with the bridge from the figure floor into the pin was brilliant. And I know, I think Rhea told you, actually, that Charlotte was the one to come up with that. So that, that, that came to like mind. But I mean, Rhea has slowed down a bit, considering how hot she was this time last year. She hasn't got that sort of amazing momentum that she's got. I mean, she isn't like, with all due respect, AEW. The booking hasn't been AEW women's division bad, where like you give some tag team cup and just give the people like big medallions and then you're done with them. She's not been that bad. She's been on TV every week in storylines. But... She isn't as hot as she, she she would have been. So I actually think now's the time to call her up. And I think if anyone would be handled well on the main roster, a probably very jacked, near six-foot woman, Vince would probably quite like. I think she is six-foot. Um, yeah, I mean, she's like we said, she's got it all there. So one would assume, based on how she's the story is navigating itself in NXT, that she is heading for pastures new um it's just a question of when so i think to the report of dave it's very hard to actually put a bs summer on it because he didn't really say anything other than they've been considering it so yeah i'm sure they have spoke about it <laughs> like mm. uh, i don't doubt that but yeah i'm actually just gonna i'm gonna make a list of some people that nxc have probably considered and that'll be my exclusives for the rest of the year but it would just be the the roster. <laughs> mm. NXT have probably considered a call. Uh, w probably considered up calling on disputed error. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. All right, um, we've got a couple of ultra chats in the chamber, Lou. So let's scoot on over to those. Bo Hill, there we go. There's a top tier. There, there's Egg Benedict if I ever saw one. Um, mm. If given control of WWE, first three changes you would make. Wow. Uh, mine would be one, no more scripted promos. Two, roll back to two hours. Three, go back to four pay per views a year so you have time to build storylines between pay per views. Um, I'm going to agree with the first two, hard, like hard agrees. No more scripts. Uh, well, not no more, not no more scripts, but certainly not word for word promos. Go back to the bullet point days where guys like The Rock and Austin flourished. Sure, I'm all for that. Two hour roar. My yes, please. Please let us have that. Um, what else would I change? Man, that's a really wide-ranging 
question, you know, things that spring to mind. And I don't know if you could do it the way it was done once before, but I, I, I still miss the hardcore division. I still felt like that brought something to the table on one show that could be fun and suit a certain amount of wrestlers. Um, other than that, it would just be generic things that, you know, like for instance, I love how Tony Khan has just mapped out AEW. Like you can you can see the direction of all the stories as they manifest. And I'm talking the inner circle story. I'm talking Omega and Page. Uh, you know, there's a there's a uh, there's a ton of great stuff. Cody as well and Darby Allen, how that's all transpired. A ton of great stuff that they've kept going. And I would love WWE to have more of that sometimes, just a bit more, you know, not feel as chaotic and thrown together, but I say that and I really can't complain because the last three or four pay-per-views have actually been great, in my opinion, from WWE. So um, I, guess, I guess that's just more of an overarching thing for the week-to-week TV because Raw can feel like it's just made up on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, have w- some, like, storyline building. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, they, they do have that with, like, you know, Sasha and Bailey and Roman's had it. Like, but it's just not everywhere on the show, whereas AEW feels, like, multi-layered. For me, WWE's week to, week to week TV, and I'm specifically talking about Raw, could do with more direction, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I'm in a two-hour Raw for me, 100%. Um, more care given to the tag division, I think. Um, like, I mean, the whole the, the Iconics one kills me, man. Like breaking up the Iconics to then just put Peyton Royce in a tag team with L- L- Lacey Evans. Like, I mean, why? Like, what end does that serve? Um, it, it, just no, like a bit more care given to the tag division because I'm a massive tag team wrestling fan. I mean, for me, the two best matches of this year from North America have both been tag team matches. So it can do well. It can be very good. Can, can draw, can be compelling. So uh, yeah, I, more care given to the tag team division. And I think let wrestlers have a bit more creativity in themselves. Like, I mean, we've seen with Roman Reigns who has a, deal of creativity and sort of uh, influence on his storyline, how good that can be. So I'm not saying just let wrestlers do everything, because I do think that that has some negatives. Can't let inmates run the asylum. It's not even that. For example, and I'm not going to... I'll say it. Miro in AEW. I'm sure a lot of, like, he probably wanted to do the gamer gimmick. And it's fun. But for me, it's not worked at all. It's like Miro, he doesn't feel any bigger than he did in WWE, for example. Mm-hmm. He feels in that sort of mid-card mix, and he could be like a top main event heel, like killer, like he was sort of at the beginning. So for me, like, don't let, like, sometimes too much creative. Like, there needs to be someone in control saying, listen, like, because people are human. They come up with ideas that are crap. And I'm not saying this this is crap, but people are going to come up with ideas. So someone like let wrestlers have more of an influence and more of a ability to suggest things and ability to uh, sort of pitch things. I know some do, but I think for more it would be it would be good. So yeah, those would be my three um, to change. I think I think a lot of it is um, a, lot, a lot of them. Everyone is welcome to pitch in WWE, like it's one of them. But they have like a 40 man writing team, so to actually get an idea through that whole process to then you know, to the producers and then up to Vince is really hard. Yeah. And I, I don't think the writing team size is the issue, personally. I do. I definitely think it's a problem. Why do you need 40 people to write a show? But So you don't, 
but I don't think those 40 people have anything to do. I think realistically, right, the issue... Uh, no, 100%, but I mean, that, that isn't the issue with creative. The issue for me with creative is the fact that it's actually just one man running it, basically. I know there are writers that have their opinion, there are producers that have a say, but realistically, nothing gets through if one man at the top doesn't agree with it. And listen, I understand that's any part of a business. Any business, there is someone at the top who makes decisions. Look, they, didn't have is, that. they didn't have that in WCW, and look, look where that went. They didn't. But, I mean, WCW, they made a whole ton of other other errors. But with AEW, for example, to, I, I mean, I'm more than certain Tony Khan isn't the only one making decisions for the promotion. He makes the final ones. He does, but I mean, I think if I suggested the same idea to Tony Khan and to Vince McMahon, I think I would feel certain in saying there is more chance of it being accepted by all, or at least considered mm. by Tony Khan than it would by Vince McMahon. I, well, think, I think that's, that's a different fair. conversation, though. The, the you know the, the the pyramid, as it were, as as you just described it. Yeah, it's the same in any business. There has to be a fun. Yeah. The buck has to stop somewhere, right? Um, the problem is. You know, like you could say that, but WWE—that's always been the way, and they have had great times, right? So mm-hmm. you can't say that. This, I think Moxley said it best when he left WWE and he did the Wade Keller podcast, and he said that the whole structure, the infrastructure of WWE, is broken because you have all of these writers, like you said, like when when WWE is in its prime, for my opinion. And I said I went on a rant about this yesterday, so I'm not going to make it too long. But they had like a very small team because you don't need that many writers who are writing stories that ultimately they don't know if they're going to get past even the first level of influence. So ultimately Vince, you know, he leaves that in people's hands because he's too busy doing whatever else he's doing in the company, but it still ultimately all comes back round to him. And Mm -hmm. I think um, it's just a case that they don't need to have that many people and that many stages to get through. Like you need to just be able to speak to Vince and a couple of, lieutenants as it were yeah and that should be it the whole the whole there's a million people you need to get to before you get to vince is the problem whereas tony khan is a much more collaborative person and i think that's where it that's where it helps and of course he's got the lieutenants that i just spoke about are the vice presidents of uh, you know cody and the bucks and omega and whatnot and that's pretty much your lot they don't have any writers in aew so that's i mean yeah it's i i do agree with you i mean the the stories you hear of Vince, like talent meetings where talent are basically like not talent meetings, but writers meetings where talent are basically text on their probably company Samsung Galaxy 3s or whatever the hell they've got. Like, come to the meeting at this time. And then they just wait outside their Vince's office for like six hours, just waiting for him to be to be ready to see them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I. Like there are examples of people getting free, like Mandy Rose and Sonia pitched their whole thing with Otis. So, like, there are examples. They also pitched they also pitched other storylines that we know that probably would have been very much, very, very welcomed. I know Sonia's spoken about pitching storylines with sort of LGBT and uh, sort of focused around the fact that she is a real life lesbian and um, real life lesbian sounded quite uh, demeaning. It wasn't meant to be, but she, she, yeah. she is, she is a lesbian. Um, so she wanted to incorporate that onto TV and understandably and shine a light on it and stuff like that's been rejected. So I think for every, idea that gets through you probably have 10 20 that don't no absolutely but my point is that people are can pitch yeah, can yeah, be yeah. there's just the system that really 
hold you know you don't know how many of them actually get through to Vince I would imagine do you know what I mean yeah. like he doesn't, he doesn't hear every single pitch that talent make mm. so um I mean yeah, it, I mean it, it's a problem with, yeah with with I guess the the way things are, are run with WWE and you mentioned they've had some good times things worked in the 90s and the attitude era and the early 2000s and I think the system now is kind of outdated like Moxie said and needs change so hopefully we see that but I mean, who knows at this point? It, I don't think we'll see proper change in our life. Well, maybe my lifetime. You're you're getting on a bit, but uh. I am. The grey hairs coming in my sides and everything, man. It's tough. It's oh tough man, life. you are. Tough no, yeah. I, um, I think well, I can't even remember how we got into talking about this. What we change about Raw is how we got into this. Hey, yeah. I love the ultra chat from the man himself. Yeah. The top tier egg. Um, Bo, Bo Hill dropped us that one. Thank you very much, Bo. That was a great one, man. Shall we talk about what I've been doing today in terms of my interviews? So, um, mm -hmm. I had The Undertaker and, and uh, Modern Mother Lady Lou was kind enough to drop the link in the chat earlier on. So, if you do want to grab a hold of that, please go back and look if it's still there. I don't know if the chat will scroll up that far, but uh, I'll. If people are listening to this on demand as well, I'm going to put it in the first line in the description. Both mm. of these so people can check either, it out. Either way, either way, you'll find it on my Twitter or at talksport.com forward slash wrestling um, today. So. I was on a call with um, The Undertaker, and it, you know what? It's deceptively hard to interview The Undertaker when he's done so much media, right? Yeah. Like he's, and that's even that sentence feels weird because he never has. But the past like six months with the last ride, which was revealing in itself, and the media, the subsequent media since then, he's he's been asked like every generic question about retiring and you know the farewells and all of that mm. other stuff. So he was really like, man, what am I going to ask him? Like, so I just thought to myself, like, what what match has he not spoken about? What has, you know, what, what what can I get him to elaborate on that like people may not have heard him talk about other than the obvious? And I always thought that the ladder match he had with Jeff Hardy was arguably one of the greatest ladder singles ladder matches in in history of WWE. Yep. Um, as far as one on one goes. Amazing. So there you go, guys. Definitely on Raw. Yeah, certainly on Raw. There is Modern Mother Lady Lou coming through with the goods. The link right there. And yeah, the, so the Undertaker, he just gave me a great answer about how, you know, he really didn't want to do it. He, you know, he turned up to the arena that day and he hadn't, uh, you know, he didn't realise that he was scheduled to have a ladder match. He'd never had one. I don't think he ever had one after. I think he had TLC, but he never had a true ladder match after that. So yeah, it was great that he kind of elaborated on that, but he said he was so proud of making Jeff that night. And for, I think for anyone who has seen it, he really did as like a mm. big player on Raw. Uh, and that was, you know, he beat, he beat him too. So it just goes to show you how you can make a guy. You don't bury everyone who loses. Um, so it was great to get his opinion on that man and 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 get some insight into one of my favourite matches. Um, you know, obviously I wish I could have sat down with him for however long and really picked his brain one day one day mate yeah one day it might happen but um for now i just had to have that little tidbit so if you guys do love that match and want some inside backstage stuff about it this interview is for you and if you haven't seen the match they really should shouldn't they lou because it is one of the uh all-time great raw matches and ladder matches 
Yeah, it was it was a fantastic match. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm playing with a Phillips screwdriver, but I'm going to put that one down. Why do you have that? So this issue with working at home, I, I got a new desk chair, so I put that together and I had a Ooh. screwdriver. So yeah, and yeah. yeah. I um... of having ADHD and uh, just fidgeting. But no, that that match, I, I actually put a tweet out on tweet out on Twitter. Where else would I put it? Um, asking people for some matches that perhaps aren't spoken about enough that people should check out. I mean, we know the. The Taker Michaels, the the iconic matches that everyone says go back and watch. But um, there was, I was like, what matches are ones that aren't spoken about enough? I think there was Undertaker and Kurt Angle from No Way Out 2006, which was fantastic. I think that is pretty uh, celebrated, that one. But I know what you mean. It's because it wasn't on the, the biggest stage. But yeah. There was a Bull Nakano and Alundra Blaze match from Raw after Mania in 95, I want to say. That was suggested by Sean. And then one of them was Taker and Jeff Hardy. And I thought about it and I was like, I haven't actually seen this match. Wow. I've seen clips and I've seen people speak about it, but I haven't heard anyone actually, I uh, haven't actually watched it. So I watched it a couple of, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, about a couple of months ago now. And it was actually fantastic. Like I really, really liked it. Um. So yeah, I, I can, I, I think that I, I definitely respected you and the way you, went about that because i know we we'd spoken about it just after you'd done the interview or done the media and you, you didn't want to ask the same questions that i mean it's very hard to interview someone when they've just had a massive like six-part documentary series speaking to everyone under the sun so i and i i don't think i've watched an interview where he's spoken about that match so definitely kudos to you and i think it was definitely interesting so if people want to check that out that will be in the in the description and on your twitter but uh you also got to speak to another legend of the business and someone that I think if I had to interview one person and just pick their brains, it would be this man. So go on, tell us, t tell us what uh, this man had to say. Sir Paul Heyman, um, man, when this opportunity came around, obviously I grabbed it with both hands. He, he's a tricky guy to interview because you have to kind of watch your questions. He will, he will, Eat you up, kayfabe wise, if you let him. Um, I like that though. I kind of mm -hmm. like that. Like I asked him something about CM Punk, and he gave me a real round the houses answer that really meant nothing, uh, and it was almost as if to say, like, shouldn't have asked that question. But other than that, he was he was awesome. And um, I want to read this passage from my interview of where he celebrated Drew McIntyre because, of course, people forget. You know, Heyman is here now, and he's the uh, special counsel to Roman Reigns, which is, you know, the best storyline in wrestling, in my opinion. And he's obviously the advocate for Brock Lesnar most of the time. But as the Raw director, he oversaw all of Drew McIntyre's rise. From, like, you know, getting hot for the Rumble to champion. He he worked on it. He, he worked on the Raw Rumble meticulously for Drew McIntyre's moment. Drew told me that in an interview. Brock and Heyman literally put together the first half of that Rumble. Um, you know, specifically, but I think Heyman was involved overall. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing what he thinks of Drew McIntyre. So here, here he goes. If Drew McIntyre wasn't in a new stratosphere every day, every Monday, I wouldn't be intrigued with him stepping into the ring with Roman Reigns. The fact is that several years ago on television, I told Roman at the time he was the right guy in the right place at the wrong time. 
because it wasn't time for him to emerge as the single biggest superstar in all of WWE, be it Raw, SmackDown or NXT, and indeed all of sports entertainment. Now is that time for Roman Reigns. The problem here is that Drew McIntyre is a god sent, that's the quote, a god sent to WWE, a magnificent performer, a tremendous human being, a fantastic representative of the WWE brand. He will end up with a championship reign that will be deserving of the Mount Rushmore of championship reigns. The problem is that Drew McIntyre is the right guy at the right place at the wrong time. So as, as great as Drew McIntyre is, and he is great, he's going to have to accept the fact that he is secondary to Roman Reigns. So the, the, the issue with that more, is... By the way, wow. I know. <laughs> the issue with that is, I, I think that but the end part of that is, is is he's obviously wanted to answer your question, but he's wanted to weave in a bit of story. Well, the match as well, though, hasn't he? You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I think Drew McIntyre's in the right place at the right time. I put my 100% thing for that. I think he is the baby face that wrestling needs, WWE needs. I think that Drew McIntyre's WWE title run was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen uh, from wrestling because of the circumstance that it came in. The fact that he didn't have top challengers, really. He made things work with a Bobby Lashley, with a Dolph Ziggler. Two matches that were fantastic, by the way, and two stories that really worked. Um, so I do think that, yeah, I think that Drew McIntyre is well on his way. Um, the fact he's won the title three weeks after losing, it shows that WWE have got some faith in him. I definitely don't think he will end up as a two-time champion um, unless he holds this title, goes on a Bruno San Martino run. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that there's a, there's definitely a lot of... Um, a lot of mileage in Drew McIntyre. And I think that if it's nice to see someone like Paul Heyman push him so high, because I don't know if we get Drew McIntyre as WWE champion right now without Paul Heyman. We don't. That's the, that's, that's the answer. And Drew, I sent the quotes on to Drew after I spoke to him and Drew was so thankful um, saying that how much Heyman had done for him. And he says, Heyman has always had his back. So for all of those detractors that, you know, like to, kind of crap on Heyman a little bit and call him, you know, the slimy liar that people have known him to be down the years. And I'm sure he did, on, you know, not pay people in ECW and whatnot. But there are a ton of superstars who really appreciate what they have done for him. Drew being one of them. You know, uh, I think that's one of his proudest projects from what I can see is um, Drew McIntyre. Alton Avondale says, Alex must be stealing Wi-Fi today. Is there problems, guys? Yeah, you, you're, you're a touch... Actually, not a touch. You're quite blurry. You're looking like a TV from probably when you were born. This is um, a, this is the camera that WrestleTalk gave me, man. I, I I don't think it's the camera. I think it's the Wi-Fi. But uh, no, we we can hear you, and that's the main thing. That is the Terrible. main thing. Um, Terrible stuff. Well, I'm sorry. If, actually, if, if anything, the fact that I'm still in HD and you're a bit blurry adds to adds to the show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Very sorry. Um, let's, I mean, let's... we've still got a lot of news to cover and we've got nine minutes left. So should let's we get cracked? We've got ultra chats here. Okay. We do. Uh, we do. Matthew McCoskey is right here. Hey, Matt. How you doing, man? Um, hello, good eggs. I recently found out my cousin is cancelling the, <laughs> cancelling the network. So I have to start paying. Oh, Matt. That's a tough break. I, I know how you feel, man. I, I still with Spotify. Don't worry about it. Um, so as a chat that you won't see as often as I'd, I'd like to ask, can you do a 10-man draft, making your own Survivor Series elimination teams if you have time? I'm going to assume 
He means current superstars. Ten man. Yeah. Go on. Should, should we do that? Yeah, well, I'm taking. Should we, should we do five? Because ten's quite yeah. a lot. Well, I think he means ten, as in you get five and I get five. I'm assuming. Go on then. Well, I'll, we I'll take I'll take Roman first. Oh, I'll take Brock. Oh, I was about to take Brock. Um, Steph. S- Steph or Seth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Steph. <laughs> um, I will take Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, I've united the shield. Uh, Edge. I'm going to take the ratings draw that is Sasha Banks. Oh, wow. We're going to. Okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to intergender it, but all right. Um, I'll take Charlotte. I, I, I need to get that right. I need to get those ratings in. Um, yeah. In terms of other people, I will take AJ Styles. I will take. Uh, oh no, Matt says no women, so we have to we have to pivot back. Okay, be more open minded, Matt. Um, instead of instead of Sasha Banks, I'm gonna take Keith Lee. Wow. Okay, uh, I'm gonna take Daniel Bryan. So that leads me with. Hang on, I've got Roman Reigns. I've got Seth Rollins. I don't really have Stephanie, for anyone in the chat, by the way. Um, I've got Daniel Bryan and I've got Edge. Man, that's a good team. Um, I've got Brock, Drew, Keith Lee, AJ Styles. And who else do I want to take? I'm going to take... I'm going to pinch from NXT and take Adam Cole. Oh, I'm not joking. I was seriously thinking that. That was, uh, uh, so guys, in the comments, in the so I've got Brock, Drew, Keith Lee, AJ Styles, and uh, Adam Cole. You've got uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Edge, uh, Daniel Bryan, and I haven't, haven't got my fifth. Um, got your fifth. See, there's yeah, there's like there's Kevin Owens, there's Big E, there's Randy Orton, um, Goldberg. No. Um, <laughs> Man, that's tough. Um, <laughs> somebody said Slapjack in the comments. Uh, I don't know why I'm thinking about this so hard. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Big E, just because I love him. Okay, cool. Guys, let us know in the comments. We'll take a rough poll. Who do people think have won? Uh, from this. I like that super chat. That, that was a very good super chat. Thank you, Matthew. That is a good one. That is a very good one. Um, right, let's finish on... Actually, before we do the little bit of news to finish, I believe Matty the Hot Scott himself has a video for us. Now, if everyone who has been paying attention this week, and we love the loyal fans that have, uh, he got us all to do our very best Greg Hamilton impressions. Uh, you know, best in the world. And... Matt has decided to bring his own to the table, hasn't he, Lou? Yes, he has. Go on then. Let me let, let's play it. I'll play it and uh, we'll give it a rating. The best in the world. Shane McMahon. <laughs> I like. Okay, go on. You get. I'll get. I tell you. What, I'll give my thoughts first. It was good. There needed to be a bit of like a like, like a punch, like a. You need to get like a, a bit like sharp, bit like a porcupine. You need to get that up and down. The um, <laughs> porcupine. 
the like the 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 uh the up and down of the pitch we need to get that that was lacking yeah i felt like it got better as it went on um yeah. there was a there it was grew a, into it was, his confidence it was a shaky start matty um i'm going to give you yellow it's <laughs> no yeah, BS we'll yellow but that's what you got. You got a nice yellow there. Um, we will take yellow. I tell you what. While while we are here reviewing things, should we also review? This is from Alex Southfield on Twitter. Should we review his spuds? What what, what are we thinking? Seriously, they're not bad spuds. Them, they're not. Um, little bit oily for me. Look a little bit greasy. Yeah. So I, mm, I, I personally wouldn't have my pan that greasy. Um, but it all depends on what he's had on it, right? Like. Because it kind of melts as it as it transpires, so he, he does. I don't know if he's had goose fat or what he's done there, but he's the golden brown effect is the winner, man. You, you he's can't got it. it. He's a little bit greasy. I've actually got a funny story about roast potatoes. Right? I love so, the, the one the, the ones that were closest to us in that picture. I think the are the strongest spuds on the whole thing. Yeah, agreed. They're very good ones. So I was at as a, I'm still at university, and people live on a student budget. So one day. Someone was so broke, they decided to just cook potatoes and, like, Dormio pasta sauce. Okay. How disgusting does that sound? just sounds like... I'm yeah, still they, couldn't afford, they couldn't afford pasta, so they just had... That's literally all they had. Afford it. <laughs> they had potatoes left over that were about to go off. They had, like, Dormio pasta sauce that was about to go off. And they were just like, let's just do it. For me, no thank you, but... Yeah, I'm still digesting that that mental image. Um, we have a little bit of news to run through before we finish up here. Um, so let's talk about Chelsea Green's name or name that has not come to fruition, Lou. Do we have to? Oh, yeah. Just all right. Because this might still happen when she returns. So, obviously, she was on uh, SmackDown last week. Unfortunately, broken her wrist, which we covered on Tuesday show, if you want to go back and check that out. Um, so, she, unfortunately, uh, was, was was supposed to win the match, but got pulled. Um, so, it looks like, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, she was supposed to film a post-match promo where she would start referring to herself by the moniker of Victorious. Victorious. <laughs> okay, to be fair, if mixed match challenge was still a thing and we got a combination of Chelsea Green and Robert Rude doing Victorious and Glorious. It but it's awful. It's it's awful. And this yeah. wasn't only gonna be a moniker. There was apparently talks of this being her name. Like her I'm actual name. Way to the ring. It's Victoria. <laughs> so Victoria's Chelsea Green isn't awful. Like, uh, I mean, it's it, still not great, but yeah, it's not great. But it's better than a name purely victorious. What's going on with these names lately, man? Like, who are they paying to come up with retribution and victorious and all of this rubbish? I need to know. It's awful. It's actually awful. Like, just, just no, just, just no. It, not for me. Not not for me at all. Yep, I'm with you on that. Uh, moving along, Alexa Bliss. Kind of news on her contract, Lou. Yeah, so Alexa Bliss has revealed she's sort of with it with WWE for the next uh, three and a half uh, to three years. So sort of uh, late 2023, early 2024. 
and it was revealed after that she'd potentially like to take some time away and have some children with her uh, fiance now. Obviously, massive congratulations up to her and Ryan Cabrera, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Ryan Cabrera. Cabrera. Mm-hmm. So, um, massive congratulations to those two. And obviously, she, if she is, wants to start the family, then uh, kudos to them. It seems like we're getting a lot of um, next generation of WWE superstars at the moment. We've got uh, John Jr., Seth Jr., or could be Becky. Do we do we know if it's a boy or a girl for Becky? I don't. Who knows? Um but yeah, massive, obviously, congratulations to uh, Alexa and Ryan on their engagement over the weekend. And uh, yeah, it seems like she'll be uh, potentially looking to step away uh, within the next three, four, five years to uh, start start a family. <laughs> what, what a timeline. Um, Matty, with the final Ultra Chat of the night, says, hey, good eggs. I uh, hope you are well. Loving the show as per. Drew and Roman will steal the show on Sunday, and I am buzzing for it. Looking forward to SmackDown 2. I am all for this angle with Mysterios. Uh, thanks for another great week of Wrestling Daily, everyone. No, thank you, Maddie. Thank you for your hard-earned uh, ultra chats. I was about to, about to call them their dinosaur name for a second there. Um, so thank you, and thanks to everyone who sends in an ultra chat. Yes, Drew and Roman will steal the show, um, although I do think Oscar and Sasha have such chemistry that they can't fail to have a good match. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Survivor Series and tonight. SmackDown is the best WWE show they've got right now. and. I'm just so excited to see what they do with Drew and Roman, but I smell a screwy finish, Lou. You smell a Phillips screwdriver screwy finish. Um, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know about screwy finish, but uh, I, I smell, I think they could do it in a smart way with nice storytelling that would work. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be chef's kiss. Beautiful. Like just fantastic. I don't think, you can top this match. Like it's going to be really, really good. So um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Street Profits and New Day. I think those two uh, could put on a great match. Yeah, that's going to be a great match. I, I mean, I, listen, we we've ragged on it for the past three, four weeks, however long it's been. But there's always something cool about seeing like the the uh, the brand, the like the ten superstars in the ring together. There's always something. It just feels big. Um, so I will look forward to seeing to, to, to seeing that. And I mean, you mentioned the Mysterio um, stuff that we're seeing Seth and Murphy on SmackDown tonight. SmackDown is loaded tonight. Yeah, like really loaded. They've got uh, Roman and uh, Drew in a contract signing. They've got Daniel Bryan returning, and uh, who will be sporting a new look for those who haven't seen. Sexy Daniel Bryan. Look at that sexy Daniel Bryan. This like this. He looks like the sort of man. I tell you what. You, uh, do you watch like MasterChef in the UK? Okay. It's a great fade, by the way, but no, I don't. So, so like, he looks like sort of guy that would be like sort of like rustic cooking, serving up some like white wine reduction kind of guy. He looks like kind of posh Daniel Bryan. I'm liking it. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I, I mean, a lot of people on Twitter are divided, but I'm with it. I think he looks great. Um, about time Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan had a fade and was well groomed uh, yeah. in a while. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the show. Guys, it's been another great week here on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. Uh, all the thanks in the world goes to my co-host, of course, the man flanking me right now, Louis Dangor. That, that's your that's your cue to say something there, brother. Yeah, thank you very much. We'll be back. Oh, you won't see me twice next week. You see me three times because we have we got a special show on Monday, start time nine thirty UK time, so that is four thirty uh, in the East Coast. 
and then 1.30 in the West Coast. So, yeah, we'll be back on Monday for that show. And then normality will resume with the 8.30, uh, 8 o'clock, sorry, uh, start times um, on um, on Tuesday. Yeah, I uh, obviously I've got my show on Monday on Talk Sport, which is why we have the later time of the Wrestling Daily. So I'll be on air with Talk Sport 7 till 9. That will have the Undertaker interview. That will have the Paul Heyman interview. It will also have a Young Bucks interview that I'll be conducting on Monday. So there's something new everyone. this week. I'm the best in the game for a reason, Lou. But in my you own head. <laughs> in my You're own up there. Mind. You're up there. Um, no, but on that note, you won't say it, but Alex's interviews are always fantastic. He interviews the biggest and best names. So the, the links will be in the description. So definitely check those out because, Alex, I mean, as a, as a news writer, I don't know the amount of times that I've probably had to write. Uh, Alex McCarthy of TalkSport spoke to blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, go go and check that one out if you can, or both of them out and uh, Young Bucks next week because they'll definitely be insightful chats. And I can see uh, in the comments, people can actually see me now. You are. We What's can happening? See now. Thank you. We end the stream now. It's a bit, bit, bit disgusting. It's got bad, isn't it? It's got smutty in here with my face. No. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Uh, all of my eggs Benedicts out there, I think is the top tier of eggs. We've decided. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us again on another week of Wrestling Daily. We'll be back all of next week. You can catch me on TalkSwap first, then here for the good stuff of the Survivor Series review. And then, of course, we're back into our usual shows with our usual co-hosts. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 